This is Mo Ryan, and you're listening to Chuck versus the Podcast. You are about to enter Chuck versus the Podcast, the only show that takes you behind the scenes with the stars. Yvonne Strahovski. Zachary Levi. Joshua Gomez. Ryan McParland. Adam Baldwin. This is Sarah Lancaster. Contests. We are giving away a Chuck press kit. The directors. Jason Enzler. Norman Buckley. The guest stars. Steve Austin. Kristen Griff. Conventions. Lights come up and here comes Jester out on stage. Set visits. This is the guy right here. And much more. Are you ready? This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to Chuck versus the Podcast, episode 86. Wow. For Friday, April 15th, 2011. We're back with a new episode of Chuck to discuss. Chuck versus the family, the dysfunctional family Volkoff, I think we should call it. <laughs> and also, very excited to announce we have a long chat with AOL TV's Mo Ryan. Well, first the news. Boy. Can't hide this one. Um, despite what uh, what we all felt, I think, was a very strong episode after a two-week break, Chuck saw a 13% drop in viewers since the last episode aired. That represents going from 1.5, which was, was already very low, to a 1.3 rating in adults 18 to 49. Now, th- these are not the adjusted numbers. We do record this before the adjusted numbers come in. Um, there was a, uh, a preemption in Detroit uh, but I should mention that preemption in Detroit represents only at most a 1.6% difference. So that can't do a whole lot. Um, House and Dancing with the Stars were also down 6% and 9% r- respectively. Uh, there was uh, other shows dropping as much as 15%. Uh, it looks like spring has strung, sprung and literally a lot less people, like millions less people were watching TV in the primetime slots. Um that said, we got to call it what it is. It's not good. Um, and this, this is confirmed from our contacts at the show that basically with these kinds of numbers, there's only one hope that we can have, and that is development season. Um, NBC traditionally has not been good, or at least the last few years, has not been good introducing new shows. And our basically our only hope at this point is that the pilots that they produce um, don't test well with their test audiences. And if that happens, then even Chuck's iffy ratings position could put it in a position position where they want it to prop up another um, show that is just iffy, whether it's going to, going to make it. So um, we got to keep hoping, but this is definitely not good news, but Something that is good news, an interesting ratings note, is that Nielsen families now have the potential to make an even bigger impact on the actual ratings. Uh, beginning March 28th, which has already passed, Nielsen began counting duplicate viewings of shows in Nielsen households. Uh, TV by the Numbers breaks it down this way. Beginning with the ratings we saw on March 29th from Monday night, any duplicate viewing of a program on DVR before 3 a.m. is included in a live plus SD, live viewing plus same-day DVR ratings. Could this help Chuck? It's possible. We know of at least one Chuck fan who is also a Nielsen viewer, so a repeat viewing on DVR Monday nights without fast-forwarding the commercials could boost the actual ratings. But just like any other viewing on television, this only 
applies to those chosen few whose viewing habits are counted by Nielsen. And just because I did, I did see that there were a lot of people who were confused by this. You would know if you were a Nielsen family. A lot of people think that they might just be randomly being observed by Nielsen. Um, you actually have to be contacted by them. You'll get a package. Um, you actually get physical boxes that you have to hook up your, to your TV and, or, or some people get surveys that they have to fill out that night. Um, so you would know if you were a Nielsen family. If you don't have that set up with Nielsen, you're unfortunately not counted by this. But if you are a Nielsen family and you've been hiding it from us, please do this. Watch second, maybe three times. Um, like we really need you, especially this time. This is, this is our, 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 uh, most urgent hour. Uh, by all means, watch the episode again for your own pleasure. And uh, and as we've mentioned before, watching live does help if you aren't a Nielsen family because it just generates Twitter traffic and Facebook traffic. And when when people are watching and tweeting, oh, that's so cool! It does have uh, an impact. It's just it's not counting counted in the actual ratings. Um, we ur- we do urge you to do what you can do if you're um, in. Uh, the United States, you can fill out the Reward TV survey the next day at rewardtv.com. Uh, and absolutely anywhere in the world, you can join the We Give a Chuck campaign, uh, sending postcards to advertisers. And I would suggest, especially coming into sweeps, advertisers are looking, they're scrutinizing the ratings. And so now is definitely the time. If you want to, to support Chuck, we got to do this now. Um, a, a small note about renewal campaigns. Um, we, we don't tend to post links, uh, at chucktv.net and we don't tend to mention on the podcast, uh, online petitions and things like that. Uh, t- just because our feedback from the network is that as much as they make viewers feel good, they really don't have a bearing on the, uh, on the renewal chances. Things like the We Give a Chuck postcard campaign, those absolutely do because those advertisers, those happy, happy advertisers can go to NBC and say, we love Chuck because of this. That's good news. Other stuff, not so much. And we have already heard back from Cloud B, the makers of Sleep Sheep. They were part of We Give a Chuck's first week uh, target uh, postcard campaign targets and they were letting us know that they were Really happy with the fact that we spotlighted them on checktv.net and here on the podcast in March and telling us that they were really happy with not just the sales, but the, the response that they got on their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And then they mentioned that, you know, and we even got a few postcards from fans and that was so cool. Oh, so, cool. You know, that's, that's straight from one of the companies. So it does make a difference to the advertisers and, you know, fingers crossed that will then make a difference when it comes time for NBC. To present their shows to the advertisers and say, you know, would you would you buy advertising for this? So mm-hmm. they know that fans pay attention, and that's the point of Reward TV. Also, is to say, yeah, Chuck fans pay extra attention to the commercials. You will be watched. Your commercials, your ads will be noticed. Mm-hmm. So, in happier news, Chuck has won Hulu's Best in Show poll. Chuckers, that was a hard fought, and um, on occasion there were a couple of weeks where it was down to the wire. Mm-hmm. And in addition, a while ago, fans voted in TV Guide's TV Insider Fan Favorite Awards, and the magazine just released this week the results, and Chuck won three categories. Very cool. Yvonne won for favorite actress. Chuck and Sarah won for favorite couple who have. And Alexi Volkov picked up favorite villain. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. 
the Zach and Yvonne are featured on the cover of the April 18th edition of TV Guide, which I believe will go went on sale yesterday, April 14th. And the magazine released a video of the photo shoot uh, and also of the various winners receiving their little awards. It's um, Chuck and, or, uh, Zach and Yvonne and Timothy Dalton are all featured in there. Um, it starts at about, I think, the three minute, 54 second mark. Uh, you can find the video posted on ChuckTV.net under the videos tab. Uh, it, it's pretty cute. It's pretty cute. Um, Zach laments having not having won a favorite, you know, individual award. <laughs> but, you know, since Yvonne won favorite actress and, and pushed him out of the category. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that is good news. A lot of people get TV guide and something yeah. like that, especially around sweeps time, is hopefully something that could bump our numbers up a bit. Yep. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fingers, eyes, everything else. Mm-hmm. Speaking of videos, Yvonne Strahovski showed off her comedic chops in a satiric music video for College Humor, in which she channels Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, and Kesha. The video seems to be, uh, it's kind of a love or hate it, you love it or hate it, and it's kind of sparked a lot of discussion among Chuck fans on <laughs> ChuckTV.net. So. I, I think <laughs> Yvonne Strahovski could read a phone book. Mm-hmm. And and she'd have people watching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, folks, humor is subjective. Let's just remember that. Yeah. And she's making fun of not um endorsing the things that these music, pop music condones. Right. I think that's being lost. Some people aren't realizing that it's satire. It's not that she's saying you know it's cool to drink until you throw up. Ah. Uh. That's she's making fun. She's poking fun at it. Right. I thought it was hilarious, but I've received some pretty some some emails from some pretty upset fans. Really? So, yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. Um. So just you know, humor is subjective. It's just a joke. It's yeah. just a joke. Well, let's yeah. talk about some better news, <laughs> which is that <laughs> dysfunctional family Volkov. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. oh uh, I mean, some classic lines too in this one. I mean, th- um, Volkov, th- that that line near the end when he's like, and uh, the and oh, about the Satan thing. Oh yeah, what was that? I I meant to go back and write that down because I'm pretty sure he's quoting something famous, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I thought this was just a hoot. This episode, it, it was fun. And anytime you have Volkov on the screen, he's so delightfully mysterious. You never know what he's going to do. And, and I, I just, I, I love every moment he's on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, Mama Bartowski being back too, and the two of them together again, mm-hmm. there's dynamite there. Yeah. You know, when the two of them are together, I've, I've enjoyed every one of their moments this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just watching them interact. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you guys trust Alexei? I don't. (laughs) No. Yeah. He's so convincing. Uh I know. That's what makes him so dangerous. (laughs) Well, and and I I think I do trust him in the sense that in that moment, I think he might be genuine. But he's always thinking 23 moves ahead, as as we saw. I mean, who else would have a five-minute timer on a chess game as being the only way that you can get through a door without being shot. I mean, that's a crazy guy, but who's also brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
And how about that Uno death match? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have a prop. I have a prop. Do you? Oh, yeah? Uno. Yay. Yeah. Uno has been a part of my home and my family forever. Uh-huh. And I mean forever. Uno and phase three. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, hey. who doesn't who doesn't love to play Uno? I haven't played it since I was a kid, but, you know, this might be a good chance to go buy a set of Uno cards. Oh, I tell you, when my family gets together for a holiday or even, you know, just I have a, I have a few sisters and we all get together and we crack ourselves up quite a bit. But you pull out a game of Uno and, you know, we're just done. We're done. We're we're crazy. It uh, it reminds me of um, I don't know if anybody's seen Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Oh, yeah. Um, when they play Battleship with <laughs> the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yep. Gosh, I love that movie. Yeah. That's the beginning of my Keanu Reeves crush. Uh, oh, that <laughs> was. all this time. I mean, when he, when he said, said Uno just as a joke, I, <laughs> I never, I never expected that who, they were going to be playing. Who would have expected Somalian pirates to have Uno in their hand, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. awesome. And then they're, you know, they're so intense on it. And then he's cheating. <laughs> cheating at uno yeah. yeah so he's got to have multiple decks and already he plays it enough that he knows how to cheat yep oh gosh that was just brilliant i was thinking we could start a renewal campaign chuck is numero uno <laughs> and uno cards to nbc or something oh that would be funny actually uno. Yeah. yeah love it um oh and uh the scene with with uh morgan imitating casey Oh my! That I don't was... think they were. I don't think he was imitating Casey. I think they've just synced up. Well, the yeah. the only you thing know, the you know only thing women live together, right, Liz? Yes. Up. I think Morgan and Casey have synced up. Uh, the only thing that tipped me off was when Casey took a big bite, and then Morgan said, "Did you have to take such a big bite?" Like I think he he oh. was imitating everything that Casey was doing, but Casey was doing obviously something that he couldn't do. <laughs> Funny. I always thought Morgan had a big mouth. Huh. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah. And even even the way they shot it was so brilliant. Um, yeah, like right in front of the camera, seeing the exact things coming up, and that yeah, was... scary, and very Zach, scary. And, and Chuck sitting back there going, "Huh, that's different." <laughs> well, and, yeah. and actually, the great thing is that everybody everybody's been talking about, "Oh, this is such bad news for Morgan to live with Casey." And the great thing is that they were able to find something funny that wasn't what we expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the two of them together. And then Alex coming into the mix and just how she's interacting with the two of them together and separately. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's so comfortable with Morgan, you know? Yeah. It's just such a easy relationship, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially on this show. I mean, I know they've had their their obstacles to overcome and a big one by the name of Casey included, but they're, it's just such a nice, nice relationship. It's just so sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that how they've all come together and they, they do all seem to fit even, you know, in the oddest ways, yeah. unexpected ways, I should say. Yeah. Um, and I really liked Alex making a point to have a private post-graduation celebration with, with her dad. Yeah. That was, that was really nice. And then it leads to their mutual decision to reveal that he's not dead. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh boy, they're setting up for some some killer stuff coming. And actually, when I think about it, there were more subplots than usual uh, this episode. I mean, there was the Ellie, an awesome subplot with um, Mama Bartoski taking the stuff off the computer. There was that one with uh, with Alex. Um, yet I thought they were all really well handled. Mm-hmm. I thought so too. And this was a Nicholas Wooten episode. Um, and we've kind of not been thrilled with his in the past. It didn't feel like he really had the tone for the the variety of genres that is the show and to be able to juggle all those plots. But he did a fantastic job this time. He's now, it was uh, settling it was, in. It was Nick Wooten and also um, he was paired with somebody. Um, oh, was he? I only saw his name. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I, uh, I'm Medicaid Schumann. Um, she she actually used to be an assistant uh, there, and she's been promoted to um, to full writer this season. So, is this her first episode? I think so. Um, okay. And typically, the way I understand these happen these things happening uh, on other shows, TV writer podcast time, is that um, what will happen with brand new writers is this was probably stuff that she pitched or that that a script that she was commissioned to do. And then Nicholas Wooten would help her on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my guess is, and, and I don't know this for sure, but my guess is that what we're seeing in this episode is primarily Amanda Kate Schumann. Okay. Well, they're a good team. Mm-hmm. I was, I really liked this. I thought it balanced pretty well and it was, the pacing was good and we got a lot out in the open, got a lot of answers. So thanks for that. Um, we found out, you know, Chuck found out that Ellie's been lying to him. Mm-hmm. About the laptop, which yeah. was huge, huge. Yeah, and, and just, oh, go when, ahead. just when he was going to tell her, mm-hmm. and that you know that he's back in the spy world, and oh man, <laughs> <laughs> man, yeah. I was like, <sighs> but don't you want to see now? Don't you want to see what he does now that he realizes that she's lying to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how that plays out. I thought that was a really neat twist. Yeah. But I appreciated that they had Mama be kind of being the voice of the fans and saying, just tell her. <laughs> tell her already. Yeah. Exactly. But then they found a really neat twist to keep it from happening. So Yeah. Well, and uh, and you know what I loved in this episode is uh, and even more than Awesome. Awesome actually is a terrible spy because he just he's he can't lie. Um, but Ellie is a really good spy, mm-hmm. at least from what we've seen so far. Oh, she's a Bartowski. Yeah. Yeah, she could certainly bring it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah six-pack and hot mama. <laughs> that was Quite a team. <laughs> and when she turned the baby monitor around um, so that they could uh, they could watch her and some cool stuff. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I do you wonder where that comes from besides her being a Bartowski. I mean, it's not it's not something that you, you know, that's not something that's in your genes. Well, I mean, she they they were raised by two spies, and there is a a, a precedent for how kids pick up on things that their parents don't uh, teach explicitly. As in, kids observe us in ways that we don't always know. Um, it's called modeling. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so some things have been were going on in their childhood that. Maybe subconsciously picked up on or maybe the parents weren't that careful on hiding or thinking that they weren't seen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. True. 
and, and we know that they're, they're both brilliant. Both she and Chuck are right. brilliant. They, they have better minds than the average Joe. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. So we haven't talked about, uh, Vivian at all. Speaking of children taking after their parents. What a twist with her, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, woo. I, yeah. uh, that she pulled that on her dad. Oh, that yeah. was old. But, you know, he had to he had to give her props for it because that's what he would have done. Yeah. 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 Well, and I can't imagine why he was so shocked. I think his just pride was, was more shocked than anything. Yeah. That someone, you know, someone that carried the Volkov name would actually turn on him. Yeah. Well, because mm-hmm. she's a Volkov. That's why. You've been draining yeah. her for this. Yeah. I, it was it did seem a little quick though. Didn't it? I mean A little bit. I mean they they had they had that bomb clock ticking and I think that probably played a little bit against it because I I I did feel that um in that particular scene there was so much urgency that she was like she was really shouting out stuff stuff that would have been nicer to hear a little slower maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I mean, I totally, I got it and I understood it, but uh, I think that mu- that scene might have benefited with just a little bit more time in it. Well, I meant just her entire turnaround from good, you know, lost, but Chuck-like, you know, kind of bumbling to evil mastermind. I mean, she, in the space of like two weeks. She's getting help. Who was she talking to on the phone? Yeah, I bet it was Riley. I yeah, so. yeah. I mean, with, with a twisted guy like Riley, Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, mentoring her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Um, and and you got to think that she she has never been fully open with her cards. Um, mm-hmm. like even even in the beginning, I mean, I always thought that when she killed that spy at by the horse there, mm-hmm. that uh, it was like we we weren't seeing everything that she was letting on. It did seem to come a little too easily. Yeah, she didn't seem that disturbed. Really, yeah. So uh, p- potentially, she actually has been much more of a Volkov all along than we ever thought she was. Yeah, or that he realized. But as she said, "You don't know me." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I don't. I just kind of wonder. I I think that she was one of those personalities that she could have gone either way, regardless of her name. Mm. She didn't have to exactly go down the same road that her father did. Or that, mm-hmm. her, or that her father was. She didn't have to make that choice. So um, I was really hoping that she didn't, that she would just surprise everybody. Yeah. Ah, Vivian, I'm so disappointed. That <laughs> makes you wonder where it's going to go in the next few episodes. It, it does make for a good story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, wh- whose Agent X is that who yeah. she was talking with? Uh, now, no, she was saying she's, she's got to find to Agent X. Oh, right, 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 right. Because he's the only person that she's afraid of. The only uh, is that, that the only down. person that who's a threat to to the Volkov to, operation. Right. right. Which, so is it? Is it Chuck? Or there was some speculation that it, Agent X is Orion, or was Orion, but. Now that Chuck's kind of taken on that mantle, it's now Chuck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That I mean that that might make sense. I mean, definitely, it just being Chuck would be too simple. 
Yeah. Um, and it seemed like it, there was more history with Agent X and Volkov Industries than obviously Chuck just found out about Volkov mm-hmm. last fall. So yeah. for him to for him to be Agent X, the original Agent X seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I could see him being Agent X now. Or it could be a totally different Agent X who is a Bielli. Uh, could be Ellie, or it could be somebody completely different. Maybe another full intersect somewhere. Hmm. Hmm. Because she, like she said, looking at Agent X, the Agent X was an intersect. Right. So, either it's Chuck or it's some other intersect that we don't know of yet. Hmm. Which would be and interesting. that then leads us to Mama B taking those files. Why would she do that? It seemed not so much that she was trying to, I mean, she was trying to protect Ellie in a way, but it also seemed like she was trying to protect the information. Mm-hmm. And she knew. She knew what it was. Yeah. So she and Orion were in contact. I don't know. We also saw her and Diane Beck and General Beckman referring yeah. to each other, right? I mean, very familiarly interacting like they knew each other quite well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and... The directive from above that Ellie continue because Ellie's hit on stuff that nobody else ever has. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's just so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I know. <laughs> it's the back of that Tron poster again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, and one subplot we didn't mention was the prenup. Yeah, the prenup. Yeah. Right. Which I thought the way they resolved that was so sweet. It was. Yeah, it was kind of cute to have Sarah be on the other side of that for a change, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, she was, it was really nice. She was not quite sure what was going on there. Yeah. I think she we, wanted Chuck to object and wanted him to reassure her that they would never be splitting up so they didn't need the prenup. And and instead, he was, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and he, but he resolved it in a very Chuck-like way, which was neat. Yeah. Yeah. And it, along the way, we got the setup for her dad coming back. Mm-hmm. You know? And she mentions again her mom, and this time says, you know, she was caught in the middle. So it sounds like she chose her dad. Whatever happened between her parents, she chose her dad. Mm-hmm. Which makes you wonder what her mom is or, or was. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we had a pretty fun looking preview for next week. Woo! <laughs> With. Yeah. Casey and Alex and her mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gary Cole back as Sarah's dad. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's something else we should mention. The prenup should lay to rest any further discussion. Her name is Sarah Lisa Walker. Sarah Lisa Walker. That's her legal name. Sarah Lisa. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's what it said on the prenup. So that's she's had it changed. It's legal. Hmm. I think that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, I'm Sarah Walker, you know, that's, that's who Chuck fell in love with is Sarah. And so that's who she is. Yeah. She's comfortable with Sarah. And he's cool, Chuck. And I can't believe we have four episodes left. I know. Well. Can't wait to see what they pull out of the hat. Yeah. Yep. Um, Speaking about pulling out of a hat. Okay. That's, that's not that bad a segue. Um, Well, I do feel that we were pulling this out of the hat because I so much wanted to tweet about this the last few days, and I was holding back um, that we actually had a chance to talk to Mo Ryan. 
Um, and, uh, as she, as we know, has, has moved over to AOL. Um, she's now a TV critic for AOL and she, her write-ups can be found at tvsquad.com. And she was the host of the chat panel at C2. Was it, was it called C2E2? C2E2. C2E2, yeah. like R2D2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and we had the chance to gab with Mo about, um, where Chuck's at, where Chuck's at in relation to last season when we talked with her before, uh, and what we, we had a great conversation about where we think Chuck is going. And I think you are going to love it. So we're going to air that right now. Enjoy. Well, here we are with one of our favorite interviewees, Mo Ryan, who is a critic with AOL TV, and you can find her at tvsquad.com. We love having you with us. How are you doing, Mo? Oh, I love the introduction. Thank you very much. I'm very, very happy to be here. It's, it feels like it's a long time since we talked, so we should catch up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we always have so much fun just gabbing, so we're going to have exactly. some open gab. So whoever wants to start the gab, just go and gab. Well, Mo, I wanted to just say again how fun it was to see you um in chicago at c2e2 oh that was i sorry we didn't get to meet up but it was really 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 fun i thought that obviously would have been awesome to have the whole cast there but i thought that that selection of cast with chris bedak was like a really good mix and they were they were having fun so in my experience if the people up on stage are having fun then you know it's, it's usually a good vibe for everybody so i'm just really lucky that they're all very entertaining and they just kind of can run away and, and, and uh, take any topic and run with it, put it that way. So thank yeah, you, though, for saying that. They pretty much did, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, as a moderator, I always have these grand plans of everything I'm going to ask, and then people are like, but you didn't ask this. And it's like, okay, you realize there's like six other people on the stage with me, and it's just, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's kind of like controlling the clown car at a certain point. But they were actually, they were, they were, I have to say, the Chuck cast was, um, Less terrifying to me than the Supernatural cast. I mean, the Supernatural folks are very funny, but I did a Paley Fest event with them like a week earlier. And I just should have like set fire to my index cards on the stage. (laughs) But it it was great. I mean, they were so funny. They were very, very improvisational. So again, that was, but yeah, I think the, the Chuck folks, I really got through a lot of the stuff I wanted to ask. And then, um, the audience was just, just totally blew me away with their great questions, like tons of stuff that I hadn't thought to ask. So I'm always really, really um, grateful for the amazing fan participation. I mean, literally, honestly, no questions where I was like, oh, that's kind of, I don't know if that really needed to be asked. You know what I mean? Like every single one was like, oh, that's great. I want to know the answer to that myself. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. They really, they really didn't have to do much in the way of um, screening any, any questions at all. No, in Burn on Seppenwall, we got questions in at our panel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, take so, that. totally yeah. not you mean like that. I mean, Alan's, uh, Alan and Dan Feinberg are friends of mine, and I just, um, they, that, that whole thing at Comic Con was not their fault. So I'm sure his. Oh parsed many times but um but yeah i was that was one paranoia of mine like we got to get a lot of questions you know uh-huh. <laughs> we don't want a replay of comic-con <laughs> well chuck fans are definitely well informed i would they're, say that they're, they're ferociously so yes <laughs> yeah cool so uh, so what else has been going on lately well and honestly it's funny because you know it's sort of like 
trying to turn my page over to my the page in my brain over to the Chuck area because the last weekend I've been um, just basically mainlining this show called Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, um, no. You got yeah, the screeners already? I did. Yeah. So I'm just that's been crazy because I'm trying a new thing, and you know I wonder what your reaction will be to this. Um, sometimes you get you're lucky enough to get three or four or five or six episodes of something. And what I don't want to do, which I've done in the past, is watch six and then go back and write, write my weekly episodic reviews of something. Because I've done that in the past and then you can't like, you can't forget the stuff that you've seen that happens later in, in developments and just aesthetic choices that get made later. And so I just, so I'm trying to write my reviews as I go. So basically I've written six different reviews of <laughs> Game of Thrones <laughs> the last three days. <laughs> And I've got a couple more pieces to to go still before I'm done. So I feel like sword fighting might come up as a topic. So if it does, then I'm sorry. (laughs) Sword fighting dragons. Are you saying that you're watching, like you're watching one episode and writing that review and then watching the next one and writing that instead of watching all of them and then going back? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, honestly, other critics have a capacity to do that that I just don't have. And I did that with Boardwalk Empire where they sent us six – I watched six and then I was doing the weekly reviews and I would have to go back and pretend I was watching it for the first time, which I Mm. think you really can't do that. You know, it's like that was my mistake. And so what, what I've been doing, you know, when I get shows now is watch something twice because even the way I watch something, I have a very specific way if I'm recapping something that I watch it. And the re- people are sometimes, um, I mean, it's a very kind impulse. Why don't you review Chuck every week? Why don't you review this every week? And it's a really small list, mainly because I do it in a way that's just insanely time consuming. And I mm. think perhaps no one else does it this way. And I don't, I, I don't, I'm not defending my method as being, a, you know, the one that's great that everyone should do, but I like to watch it once just to watch it. I don't have a pen in my hand. I'm not taking notes. I'm not, I'm just sort of experiencing it. And then the second time through, that's when I kind of go into analysis mode and write things down to remember when I'm actually writing my review. And sometimes I'll even do it a third time. Like with Game of Thrones, I might go ahead and torture myself again. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Just to have it fresh when I post these drafts. Um, So I just really, I, I find that that's just very time consuming, but I just, what I don't ever want to do is, just dash something off in half an hour, which I don't think is fair. If I'm going to actually analyze something, I want to analyze it. And I know there are so many people I know who can do that because watch something once, boom, they can sit down in less than an hour. They have something really cogent and great, you know, mm-hmm. just done. I just don't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I'm just a slow poke, you know? So, um, but it's fun. I really like plunging into weekly reviews, but I just have to pick my targets. And I know that there, there's so many people who cover Chuck well that I, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, what I don't ever want to do is be the person who says the same thing every week. Because, mm that's not interesting for anyone, you know? And a lot of times with Chuck, it's like, Oh, that was funny. And Oh, that was, that was really <laughs> sweet. And, you know, so I don't want to be like, I don't want to bore myself or anyone else, which, you know, bore with praise or bore with the same critiques. You know, it's, I, I just want to sort of do it in a way that's enjoyable to write and read. Hopefully. I don't know if I get there in the end, but that's the plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully um, you have a chance to share all those thoughts now. Yes, all of them. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> so, so I hope you're settled in that you have. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, well, should, should we, should we start talking about the, the season? I mean, I mean, we've had, yeah. um, I mean, we talked last year about, uh, season three and, and there were, you know, lots of things to talk about in season three. Season four <laughs> yeah, has clearly been very different. And, mm-hmm. um, there's been lots of people who have totally loved it. There's mm-hmm. been some complaints about, um, I guess one of the biggest complaints that people have had is, is that, it's kind of hit and miss. So there are some real big hits, and then there's others that are missing for for a few people. Um, I, I personally have loved it. I, I'm I'm the type that I just sit back and and let the roller coaster go, and I don't try to steer it. But um, what have you thought of this season so far? Uh, I think you know, to be perfectly honest, I think Chuck's always been to some degree hit and miss. I think season three, especially. And I think that was just affected by a lot of factors. You know, they had the reduced budget, um, supporting cast was seen one week and then not the next. Um, and there was the whole issue of, you know, he who cannot be named. So I, <laughs> it just became, I think there were such amazing stakes for fans because, you know, the whole romance element of it had been dragged out so long that, you know, that, that was just any spark that you put to that you know, tinderbox was just going to kind of go off. So this, we've got that out of the equation. I mean, you know, Chuck and Sarah are together. That's not a mystery. Um, and to me, the best episodes have really drawn on the emotional, the, the, the same things that the best episodes always draw on, which is like kind of the emotional side and the mission side, you know? And I think what they've really done, I think what's been smart is, uh, uh, bringing Morgan into the mix is kind of, you know, Chuck 2.0, mm-hmm. uh, giving, giving John Casey and his family and his daughter, you know, time and space within the show. They could always do more Casey as far as I'm concerned. It could be the John Casey and, and Morgan Grimes show. And I would be totally <laughs> fine with that. Um, so I think there's been a lot of, I mean, I think, you know, they basically took a lightning rod out of the show in terms, you know, they put Chuck and Sarah together. So that was one less piece of the puzzle to kind of for everyone to fight about. Um, in terms of the, you know, I mean, really to me, the thing that's always been the most hit and miss is the, the actual missions. Um, and sometimes those feel a little bit sloppy. Sometimes they feel like retreads of things we've seen before. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of the energy not really being there. And, you know, sometimes it's a case of other things looking so great by comparison that, you know, it's hard to really, mm-hmm. um, the, the episode where Yvonne, um, was the giant blonde shemale of <laughs> Thailand phase three. I mean, I, that was so great that I just, you know, wow, <laughs> I don't have words to describe how much I love that episode. So I think it's a case of really, um, when Chuck is really on, I feel like it's fully on. And when all the cylinders are not firing, it's it's almost like it's not always at extremes because some episodes are kind of in the middle. There's things to like and then things that are a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, some weeks I think it's just not fully fully formed or fully there. But um, I don't know. Do you guys think there have been less less misses than season three perhaps? Um, well, sure. it, yeah, I think less misses in season three. I mean, I, I personally think one of the biggest, biggest factors is how many writers were lost at the end of season yes. three. And, yeah. and new great writers have come in, but great writers that don't really know the show yet. And, yeah. and there are a lot of shows who suffer in their first season mm-hmm. as, as they kind of try to figure out the characters and figure out how, the tone and how to and tell the story. There's a lot of consistency. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and so now that we have really virtually the whole, Almost the whole writing room was changed. I mean, Rafe and Lauren, I think, were the mm-hmm. only 
ones who uh, who stayed and they were new last year um what perhaps that might might have been part of it i think that yeah i I totally agree and i think that's you know that's it's a it's a shame because i think the writers they lost really really did know the show and when matt miller would write an episode you really knew it was going to be you know i can't you know i can't think of many matt miller episodes where i was like wow that wasn't so good Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that that was a very big factor that's a great point well i feel like season four has been pretty strong Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i mean there's been some wobbles from some of the new writers i've been really impressed with kristen newman Mm -hmm. she she's the one that wrote phase three yeah if we get a season five i'm really excited to see what she does once she's even more settled in yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I think she's done some really strong episodes. Rafe and Lauren, I think their 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 episodes have been very good as well. I mean, they as you said, they've been around, so they kind of know the show really well. So yeah, it's just it's been. I, I think generally speaking, I'm I'm kind of um, in a mode where I have a great deal of affection for the show, and I think I know the characters so well that. Anything that's character related that they do, I, I tend to really like a lot. And I think even some of the sillier stuff, you know, the buy more stuff and the Jeff and Lester. I mean, anything to do with the humorous side has been, I think, very consistent and very good. Um, the relationship stuff at the start of the season, I think it was more of a thing where I was like, really, are they going to talk about, talk about romance problems on a mission again? Cause I, I just, that was starting to, get tired to me because I thought, didn't we just put this to bed? Didn't we just, you know, <laughs> stop with this? Um, but I think they've navigated it fairly well. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm actually glad that stuff has been, I think it's been much more integrated as the season has gone on, especially the wedding stuff that's been pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's, been a, it's been a fun season. I don't know. I, what did you guys think of Linda Hamilton and, and, and how she fit into the whole thing wonderfully oh. actually her yeah. and volkov yeah oh yeah oh my I goodness i admit i wasn't a volkov fan at first i was like really oh, even the know. sheep scene <laughs> the witch scene no? right, when they're when they're in the back of the truck with the sheep and and then he turns out to be volkov oh, yeah i i got to be more of a fan i thought he was he was definitely playing that role in a way that I was not expecting Timothy Dalton to play that role. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I think I actually liked him when he kind of went more to the, you know, I'm a remorseless evil genius. I mean, he could play the humor very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, when he was making the crazy eyes, I was like, okay, what's up with this guy? But I think when he went more into the cold, remorseless supervillain role, um, that I loved a lot. And I really, really like... Uh, Lauren Cohen is uh, his daughter. I, mm-hmm. She's someone I'm familiar with from Supernatural, one of my other fixations. And she had a really good, strong arc on that show, I think, in its third season. So I knew going in, I was like, wow. I mean, the chances of, of Lauren not, you know, the chances are she's going to nail this, and she definitely has. How about you guys? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, when I found out that she was going to be on the show, that she was coming on the show for an arc, I was totally for it because because of Supernatural and because of her role of Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. And it just showed me she's got what it takes to be this kind of a character that could be the daughter of such a supervillain as Volkov. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether she went good or bad, I thought she was still going to nail it either way because she was still going to be that. There was still going to be that part. Maybe it's because I've seen her in these other roles where I just, you just never knew if she, yeah. which road she was going to take. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, she had to play a very ambiguous role. And I think having watched her play Bella on Supernatural, I think she really 
she was very good in a similar vein on that show. Like you never quite knew where her her loyalties or her her agenda, what was going on with her. And I think that was a great casting because she she was able to pull that off again, yet with all that sort of family drama going on as well. Hmm. Yeah. Now, what did you think about the Gretas? Uh, you know, they were amusing up to a point. I, I certainly like the old st- old spice guy. <laughs> that was you can't you can't have that guy. Yeah. Um, and not enjoy it. I mean, so I thought that was fun. I mean, it didn't. It seemed like it just kind of started off that way in the season, and then it just kind of they just wandered away from that, and then they brought it back. And I mean, you know, it was fine. I enjoyed it just fine. But uh, give me a Jeffster performance any day. That's. I mean, I feel like. <laughs> do you guys feel like they're overusing Jeffster, or is Not it just at all. right? No, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think the thing the thing that the show is going to have to deal with is. Um, they are being very cagey about like, oh, the wedding. You know, what's what's going to happen with this wedding? Um, I, I think there's going to be one. I don't really know why they're being cagey about it, but I, that's my guess. But how can they top um, the wedding of Ellie and Awesome? I mean, that was really yeah. one of my favorite ever moments in the entire history of the show. That was, I mean, for me, that's when it cemented, like, I will, like, you know, give an arm to save the show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so an great. iconic. Yeah. yeah. So how do you think they're going to try to approach that? Do you think they're going to try to top it? I'm kind of scared to think what they could be doing. What I would say is um is that I, I think what you said earlier on about how there have been some huge, huge hits, and definitely they have played those moments very well. Um, like when I think about what the strongest episodes have been, always the penultimate and the last yeah, episode of the season so. are just killer. It's, it's almost like they, they sacrifice things along the way for what they're building up towards. And uh, even the, the last three or four, um, so... I don't know exactly what they'll do, but I I know it's going to be huge. I yeah, I think you're right. I think actually, you know, so many shows tend to have that syndrome where um the third to last or second to last is incredibly strong and then for whatever reason sometimes the finale isn't as strong. Although I think Chuck has been generally very very strong in its last two to three episodes. So I'm very I'm excited to see where they're taking the season and, and you know, where they're taking all these characters, you know, I think uh, they. what's nice about the season is that there have been arcs for almost everyone, you know, and I think that's really, um, it speaks to good planning, I think, and I, I'm not saying that they did it, did, did a certain, you know, John Casey story every episode, but um, they seem to have a plan, um, maybe more so even than another season in terms of not just Chuck, but everyone else. So I've got a question for you guys, actually. Mm-hmm. Um what about Chuck himself? You know, I mean, to me, he's obviously getting, I'm sort of, I feel like, I guess I feel like I'm of mixed minds about this. He's getting more efficient and he's getting more proficient as a spy. He's obviously, he knows his craft. He knows, he doesn't even necessarily have to flash uh, or do Chuck Fu to get things done. And he's just got this whole other level of confidence. Do you ever miss the old Chuck? Um, or do you, you know, do, do you think it was, incumbent on the show to make these changes i mean i kind of think both things <laughs> for, <laughs> depending yeah. on the day you know you know Sometimes i don't I think i was nostalgic nostalgic yeah. for him but i like the new check yeah. yeah i i think i i don't feel it as much because of morgan yeah i think you're right yeah well um, i i do think yeah. that that uh, like say for instance the apple juice solving the um the nuclear mm-hmm. bomb like i think <laughs> 
they they need to be careful to keep interspersing those into the stories to remind us that he's still the same guy. I think he can, he can he can be more confident. He can be a better spy, but we still need little reminders that he he's still got that underneath. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think we need to really still feel like he's the guy who would he would himself go to Comic-Con, you know, he loves to yeah. like be in the nerd world. I think sometimes I think that's what I'm missing a little bit that um that that he's kind of has those roots in geekdom. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um so, you know, it it is what it is. I think he's really still very charming, obviously, and very well played by Zach Levi. But, um, I, you know, anytime they've put Morgan and Chuck together, you know, that, that is always still magic to me. So, and, and, and I, as you said, um, Morgan's wonder and his kind of his pure delight and his, you know, his almost his inability to kind of not he, he he always enjoys whatever he's going through even if he's mm-hmm. being put in danger so that is very infectious and i think wow um josh gomez has just stepped up to the plate in ways i never ever mm-hmm. in season one would have thought possible and again not i just didn't know him as an actor but he's just amazingly um skilled and has so much facility with the emotional stuff the comedy i still think my favorite moment of the entire season was him in the frog suit, you know, with the flippers <laughs> on the and nothing else. And, oh, wow. I was just in heaven. He's just so, he's one of those people that can just be funny in the way he moves, the way yeah. he does something. So I've been thrilled with, with how he stepped up. Oh, yeah. I mean, from, from the moment that he looked at Chuck in Chuck versus the beard and said, you're a spy? Like, you just knew that there was delight coming. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. He sold it. He definitely, yeah. it's like he's, if, if we didn't have that infectious energy and that delight and that goofiness, you know, it wouldn't be the same show at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think about the, the buy more? Some love it, some <laughs> hate it. Um Oh, it's so funny because it's really, really, it's such a split because, um, I know some critics who, uh, honestly, you could blow up the buy more tomorrow and they, <laughs> they just hate it. And I, yeah, I, I just can't get enough of it. I, I absolutely love, I mean, to me, um, some of my favorite episodes have been set almost completely there. You know, I think, um, gosh, I'm thinking of the one last season. Where they were stuck in the store was it that was that versus, Chuck the versus beard? beard yeah yeah um, that was just absolutely one of my high points in terms of it's probably in my top five episodes you know mm-hmm. I think once when you've got the whole gang and they've got they've all got a mission and it's or it's they've all they're all working together for something and you've got the chuck the the spy danger the spy mission and so forth. It's, to me, it's a great combination because then you've got all the humor of the comic relief of the buy more folks, but then you've got the danger or the stakes from the spy world. So to me, it's kind of a perfect combination. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I just think those actors are really funny. Is it wrong? <laughs> I can't, I can't lie. They're, even, the, even the background folks too, you know, from season one, I think they've had mostly um, the same crew of, you know, actors um, mm-hmm. who don't really ever get lines, but they're always the same folks. And I really, I really appreciate the show for having kept that, kept that crew, you know, mm-hmm. because you really get to kind of know them and those faces and it keeps a great continuity with the show. Yeah. It makes the workplace a little bit more real, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, I mean, in the beginning it was, it was pitched as, um, 
born identity meets the office and you you can't lose the office part of that mm-hmm. yeah i think you're right you know and it's funny because when when they like last year when they you know <laughs> basically blew it up and you know other years when there's been talk of like oh what's happening to the buy more i think uh, i don't know i mean you know where do you, i don't really follow like what and obviously um uh, Chris Vidak and Josh Schwartz are pretty tight-lipped about where the show would go in a future season. But if the show was ever set somewhere else, like in the Bymore, wasn't in the picture at all. I don't, I don't know. What the, I can't really picture that show in my head. You know, it just would mm-hmm. be too, maybe too efficient or not not grounded enough in reality. So that would that would that would fill me with fear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, what do, what do you think about? Um, I know one of. One of our topics of conversation in the last time that we talked was Sarah being underused. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't know where it's heading in the next few episodes, but I'm really liking where it's going. Uh, what, what are you thinking about, uh, about her character? I think she was really, to be honest, she was ill-served by season three in general. I mean, I think, you know, that, that the lack of consistency that we were talking about, if, if it, it really, that, that's what kind of, made me the most irritated was that, you know, Yvonne Strahovski is a great actress and she can pull off anything, but you can't necessarily ask her to be a different person, you know, week to week. You know, she's trying to build this character and keep it real for the fans and, and for the show and for that world. And I think she was just being asked to do a lot. And the amazing thing is she pulled it off and she made made it all kind of work. But I think this season she's been more consistent. She's been better used. She's been... Um, she's gotten to do some some funny things, and I think she's been able to show more colors. Where, you know, I, I just, you know, nothing's ever perfect, and especially in the Chuck fandom, I think it's just our God given right to grouse about things at some point. But <laughs> um, I, I've been happy. I've been much happier with what they've been giving Yvonne because mainly because they're just giving her a variety of things. And like I said, that episode um, phase three where she was you know, just kicking butt. I mean, boy, didn't you feel like that was just like two years coming or something? And she just, oh, I yeah. just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of it. I just yeah. think, wow, every episode should involve Sarah just, you know, just kicking guys in the head. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> with with high heel boots. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think she's been... um yeah, the, the more the opportunities the show can give her to prove how versatile she is, the happier I am. And I think I've, I've been happier with this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what are some other highlights for you of this season? Definitely Push Mix was great. I loved uh, the, the proposal and how that went down. I think that was just perfectly, perfectly handled. And I was just incredibly pleased at, with that. Um Phase three, as I've said like, so many times, I really, I really, really liked a lot. Um, you know, anything, and just in, in terms of a general theme and not even just necessarily an episode, but um, anytime that Casey and Morgan have been together, to me, that is gold. That's mm-hmm. golden, you know, mm-hmm. because already Casey had to sort of deal with one nerd getting in the way of his missions but having to having morgan guillermo grimes in his face and deal with him and and bailing out of bailing bailing him out of things um you know just oh he just you can just see it he does frustration so well Mm. so i'm really um 
I don't know. I think that was really the, anything that involves Casey. I'm just really, really like it a lot, you know? Um, so let me think what else. Um, uh, not really sure. You guys tell me. I'm interested in what your favorites have been. Besides all of them? Uh, <laughs> besides all of them. Wolfcop is a real standout for me. Timothy Dalton. Mm-hmm. I I have enjoyed him. Uh, as you said, it's, it's so not what I expected from Timothy Dalton. Mm-hmm. He's been so willing to go there, uh, you know, with the kind of outrageous campiness, but still reining it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I actually felt sympathetic for him at, at one point in this week's episode. Whereas, you know, normally I'm like, he's adorable. Please lock him up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, at one point in this week's episode, I just felt like, huh, walk off. Poor guy. <laughs> Little guy. Understood, you know? Yeah. And then I realized that's exactly what he wants me to think. That's uh-huh. exactly yeah. when he's going to make his move. You know? So it's just, it's such a wonderful character that could have been so very flat, so very yes. one-dimensional. And he's he's really done a fantastic job. And I've really enjoyed Linda Hamilton as Mama mm-hmm. Murkowski. Mm-hmm. I think they've both been kind of revitalizing for this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think this, so much of the show, I think, depends on the guest star of the week. And it was great to see John Larroquette back. You know, I think they've got now like this stable of characters, yeah. um, and, and actors that kind of really get the show and get the tone of it. And that so much of the show can just ride on that, you know, whether it's, it's fun or funny and, um, They've had some good guest stars for sure. And I think especially as we were talking about earlier, they've cast really strong recurring guest stars. So that's just very, very fortunate when you have people that kind of work out and have, you know, a lot of influence over where the overall season goes and and whether it works or not. Mm -hmm. And I think along with that, they've now have such a rich backstory from the previous three seasons that they're, we've Mm -hmm. been able to see them, we've been able to see them kind of going back and referencing themselves. You know, yes. They love to reference, you know, pop culture constantly. But now they're able to give us all these callbacks and just make it, I don't, just really build the universe, really. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the thing that would make me saddest about, I mean, the many things would make me sad if the show went away. But I think um, you're absolutely right that it does feel like a very, it's, it's just a great, fun place to spend time because, we're seeing all these tips of the hat to things that went down in the past or the way that characters have grown and changed and things like that. So the more they can reference the show's past and what things that have mattered, you know, the, the better as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mini and, and I mean, that whole cat squad, I think was really, really fun. Anytime we get into yeah. the backstories of, of the characters. Absolutely. That's worked out really well. And I kept asking Chris Fedak about when we would learn more about Sarah's family, but it sounds like if that happens, they don't really have time for it this season, which is totally fine with me because I, if they are going to do it, I really want them to do it in more, a little more depth. So hopefully mm-hmm. we'll see even more of that whole thing. Um, I just definitely think you're right. You know, when I think about past antagonists or past recurring characters you know i mean we all know how much i love shaw <laughs> um and honestly i really feel like there were a couple moments um where that character worked for me and i realized it was kind of it was as much the approach 
to the structure of the story is anything that was bothering me. And I don't necessarily know that, you know, I don't have a, a deep and enduring <laughs> hatred of, of the actor. It's more that just a lot of things went wrong there. And so, mm-hmm. but yeah, having really fun stuff for Mama, uh, you know, Mama Bartowski to do, having a great antagonist in Volkov, having a really cool sort of ambiguous character in, um, you know, Volkov's daughter. I think that just, that, that gives more of a spine to the season. It gives more stakes. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of keep, they can diverge from that stuff and go off in different directions, but they've got like a kind of a strong base to start out with, from. So I think that's maybe why the season has been so pleasing and it's kind of had fewer big dips in terms of, um, quality although boy the ratings i i you know that they've been all over the map obviously and that's not so great <laughs> mm-hmm. so what, what do you think about that i mean you've been in this business for a long time watching shows very closely um, what do you think about the ratings uh, i don't know i honestly like chuck versus the murder i mean the number for that is just shockingly low to me and i i don't I don't blame the cast and, and people associated with the show for, for being nervous. That's just, it's, you know, that's something that it's not great. You know, you can't really put, put a better face on it than that. And I don't, I don't really know why that one would be in particular so much lower, but you know, you know, I, I think NBC has been in trouble for a long time. This is a show they don't promote pretty much at all anymore. And, um, obviously, you know, they come out and do appearances at cons and things like that, which is great, but they're kind of preaching to the choir at that point. So, mm. um, it's, uh, boy, I really wish the show had a lock for a fifth season because I really think that there's enough ammunition, if you will, um, for them to give us one more season and, you know, get up to that kind of magical 100 number. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, don't you guys feel like it wouldn't be, it just, there's more story. There's like more chapters to be told. And, and yeah. you know, it just doesn't feel right for me <laughs> for yeah. it to go away now. I don't know. I wish I could say why this is, the, the ratings are in, in so much trouble. But, you know, NBC's Monday Night Lineup, I mean, the event has been kind of a non-starter. Now they're bringing back Law & Order they took that off the air for weeks on end and now they've retooled it and they've brought it back. And to be honest, it's not any better. So Chuck has really had an uphill struggle for a long time. And I I just wish it wasn't that way, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I do think it it has a a viable opportunity in the sense that it's, it's a bigger fish in a really, 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 really small pond at NBC. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But my, my hope, my hope is that they can do a fixed end date. Like I rather than end it now in this season, rather than renew it and then cut it off at some point, I would love mm-hmm. to have them just renew for whether it's thirteen or nine or whatever it is, but make it a fixed end date so that yeah. they can write to it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when they do write to an end, that's where I see them really bringing in the good episodes. When they're not as like I and I personally think actually, I'd, and I heard um, I can't remember where I heard. Uh, Chris Fedak mentioning that um, when they were originally writing to 13 and in season three, they had a much, much stronger arc set up. And mm-hmm. then a, a lot of that Shaw thing and all those things happened were actually mm-hmm. real victims of having to stretch that out. Yeah, that seemed apparent to, yeah, that there was obviously pacing issues with that whole season that just wasn't, wasn't quite falling together right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, my hope is that at this point, you know, Warner Brothers. 
um, which is the studio that makes it, is so motivated to get to that number that they cut their license fee, they work some sort of deal. I mean, I really, truly hope that it's not something that would cause the quality of the show to to dip a lot. Because, you know, if that was another one of the problems with the previous season was that they just really were trying to figure out how to deploy their the assets they still did have, the budget they still did have. So that, that just took a while. Um, I feel like they have a better handle on that this season for sure. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I that's my hope. I mean, my hope is that and you know NBC's new management team looks around and says the Chuck audience is stable and loyal, and they buy T-shirts and they buy pens and they, you know, th- th- we're making money off iTunes and this, that, and the other. I just hope there's enough factors that they can sit there and go, we don't really want to get rid of this asset quite yet. But I think you're absolutely right that if they could give them a guarantee of 13 and then we're out or whatever it is, that would be great, you know, but the, the, the downside is that, we're, you know, Chuck is now dependent on NBC's development slate. You know, if their development slate turns out great, they end up having a ton of new shows they want to bring on board for fall. Then, you know, then it gets dicier for Chuck. I mean, maybe the, the hope is that, they do have slots to fill, but they want something to f- be kind of a s- scheduling spackle, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um, or something that's like a bridge or whatever. So, okay, well, we'll do nine starting in January, and that'll be that, or something like that. I'm, I'm really hoping that there's some sort of way to to keep it on the schedule, but it, it's dependent, unfortunately, on a lot of factors that there's not a lot we can do about at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, Mo, do you get a chance to look at pilot scripts and things, or do you not even care? Do you wait until... No, you know, to be honest, I try to stay away from that stuff as much as I can, because, you know, I do sometimes look at the lists of pilot concepts and who's attached to them, and I do get excited about casting news. Um, like if, if, a sh- if a showrunner whose work I've liked in the past is working with an actor I liked in the past, then I get excited about that. And if it sounds like a cool concept that they're working on. But I think the one thing I found is that the one sentence description of something can be totally wrong or it can uh-huh. be right. Mm-hmm. And then the show changes a lot. Um, it can just, so many factors can influence, you know, the, the thing is that the, 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 the first script that the, someone hands into a network is probably not the script they're going to shoot. And then sometimes they reshoot. And then sometimes the show evolves a lot from there in subsequent episodes. So I, to me, it feels almost unfair to get too like caught up in the minutia of pilot season. Cause it, there's also so much of it that you're just mm. like, I don't want to commit the plots of, you know, 85 pilots to memory when like, you know, 12 <laughs> of them will make it. So yeah, <laughs> Um, it's just this crazy giant crap shoot, crap shoot that the industry does every year. But, you know, the thing that is unnerving for me is that NBC does have a new creative team in place, which, I don't know, it's like kind of an annual thing with them or biannual mm. situation. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, Alan Supplemel made a good point a few months ago in a piece that he wrote that, you know, everyone likes to beat up on NBC, but it has a, a large number of shows that he said he actually watches and that I do as well. And I think we've been really lucky in a weird way that NBC's gone through all this turmoil because they've got all these shows that kind of wouldn't have made it anywhere else. But because they were on NBC, they were a marginal success by NBC standards, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah. honestly, I'm just floored by the fact that we're talking about a possible fifth season for Chuck because I thought that was 
so impossible two years ago. It just, I would have laughed, you know, it just oh, seemed, yeah. seemed crazy. Um, so, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I think that, um, Robert Greenblatt, the new head of the network, I certainly like the way that he turned around Showtime. Um, and he's had a long history in the business. So I'm, I'm just, you know, there is usually a little bit of a knock on shows that were around before you walked in the door if you're the new brass. But I, I hopefully Chuck's track record and its fans' um, ferocity will will, will st- you know count for something. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And just a few weeks away. I know, scary, scary, scary. Yeah. What, what, what? Tell me what the fan universe. What? The, what are the fans? Is there th- movements afoot? I mean, I know there's there's a website for you know give Chuck another season and that kind of stuff. There are various fan efforts, but is there more that I should be should be aware of at this point? Like uh, a campaign of sandwich there, buying. Perhaps? There's a, there's a postcard <laughs> campaign sending postcards um, um, okay. from all over the world to select advertisers. Oh, great. Okay. Um. I mean, I think I think this year is different than previous years in that I think people really really understand that uh, it's it's about the ratings and it's about the mm-hmm. development season and I think there's there's less that we can do than we might have been able to do in previous years. Yeah, well, I think you're right about that. To be perfectly honest, and the ratings are really you know if if they were. I guess we'll see what Chuck versus Family Volk- Volkov how that did. I mean, I just I'm really hoping they take there's an uptick, and I'm hoping that the last you know couple of outings were just kind of weird glitches. Um, so we'll see. Fam- fingers crossed for sure. Yeah. Well, they went up against. I mean, it, this uh, we get criticized for being so apologetic for Chuck, but in this case, historically, it we can see that when daylight savings time starts. Mm-hmm. Everything goes down, and Chuck yep. actually had one of the lowest drops of any uh, any show on Monday and on into the week. Yeah, um, and, you know, and then the week after that was Dancing with the Stars premiere, which also hits pretty hard. So yes, yes, and then there was March. I'm I'm so not the sports person, as my next remark will tell you. <laughs> um, it was March Madness, so I think I don't know. There's probably a lot of Chuck fans who are sports fans, so I don't. I, I just think there were hopefully some distractions and some changes as you said with this mm-hmm. in the daylight savings that are no longer going to be a factor i hope yeah it takes it takes a beating in the spring we know that yeah um, especially for march yeah uh, and on in april but i'm an optimist i'm a perpetual optimist so yeah oh, I, I am too um and and at least at least for a fixed end like i i like this is this is what i see even with greenblatt coming in that that, like, think of all of the shows that have been canceled already and are sur- are sure to be canceled on NBC. What do they have left to prop mm-hmm. up any new stuff that's coming? I agree. I think that's the, really the main thing that Chuck has going for it. That it's it's definitely it's a t- it's a tough thing to lead off a night and to you know the, the Monday schedule for NBC has just been this constant you know revolving door of of basically other shows that failed and. You know, the, the fact that they could have one prop on that night, you know, something to shore things up, I think is not, a, you know, I think that's an attractive thing about Chuck. And hopefully they'll be able to develop, you know, or, or put some shows alongside it where they'll all kind of synergize together, which hasn't always been the case. Now, one thing that I thought was just bizarre that happened this year is that 
the the median age of Chuck viewers has been increasing to the point where I, I heard this and nobody don't quote me on this, but I, I heard that the median age was up to something like some something crazy, like 50 years old. Really? That's insane. I haven't heard that. Those 50 year olds. What are they thinking? <laughs> Uh, yeah. At the very least, it, I mean, maybe that number is is wrong, but it certainly, I, I've I've heard that the numbers are skewing a lot higher in age than they used to. Um, wh- huh. What do you think could be causing that? I don't know. I mean, th- honestly, my first response would be, and this is just a guess, that um, younger fans are st- certainly still there and in droves, but they are watching it online or, you know, on devices or, you know, any number of ways. And, you know, it's, it's just probably, this is an old, old complaint, but, you know, people are not getting counted. Hmm. I just think they're not, they're not. And I think, you know, I'm sure of the people watching it at, you know, 8 p.m. on Mondays, Probably maybe that has skewed older, but maybe because people are peeling off to to watch it in other ways, in other formats, you know, college campuses or on Hulu or whatever. So to me, you know, when I looked across the room at the C2E2 panel, that that was definitely a very mixed audience. And I think there's a ton of kids that watch it. It looks to me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that room was any, if any Chuck panel that I've ever seen is anything to go by, there are tons of kids that watch it. So yeah, that's just... That's strange to me. I hadn't heard that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's a fair observation. I think um, Chuck is probably one of the uh, one of the nerdiest <laughs> shows you could probably get. And so, I, 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 if if you're to try to pick, other than Big Bang Theory, maybe um, a show whose fans would be most likely to watch by some nerdy device. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. I mean, they're really, yeah, they're they're early adopters. Chuck fans are are sitting there probably watching it on on the devices I haven't even heard of yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so um, now uh, and actually, I think we should mention that I think most of us haven't seen tonight's episode, uh, right. Family Volkov. Um, right. So if people are because exp- this will air after that, uh, and so we should mention that we haven't seen that, but. Projecting towards the end of the season, what would you like to see happen? Um, you know, I would like to see where the thing with Casey and his family goes. I, I, th- I just honestly, really, a lot, a lot of it revolves around personal connections and, and ties. And um, I think, I don't know, do you guys think that um, Morgan's going to propose to Casey's daughters? I'm sorry, I'm spacing out. Her name is Alex. Alex, Alex. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> It's been a long day. Um, do you think that Morgan's going to propose to Alex? Yes. I think so, too. I think that would be so sweet. And Chuck that would, and be, would sweet. be sweet. Chuck and Morgan are kind of on these dual paths, and I think that would be great. <laughs> I just it would be interesting if, if Morgan got there faster than Chuck did. I think that would not be surprising to me at all, <laughs> to be honest, because I think, you know, Morgan knows what he wants, whereas Chuck has a tendency to overthink things, mm-hmm. even things that he wants. I, I just want them to do the wedding stuff without, you know, hitting me over the head with it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I want there to be more, more comedy of the Chuck and Sarah when they're kind of not in any kind of relationship angst is really, really fun. And if they can just continue to build these personal stories and kind of have a, a strange parallel of family dynamics, um, with Volkov and his daughter, that'll, that'll be really satisfying to me. And if they can throw in, some 
fun guest stars along the way, then I'm I'm all for that. I think it, to me it seems like that's just a great combination of stuff. And as we were talking about, um, I'm really really excited about the May episodes because I think they're gonna they're they're just gonna knock those out of the park. I have a good feeling. Yeah. So um so season two, Chuck knows kung fu. Yes. Um, season three, we have the buy more exploding, um, and uh, it, always a total game changer at the end of it. It, I've, it from what we've heard, the last episode is also going to be a game changer this time, or at least incredibly epic. Um, yeah. What do you think they could do to change I things don't up? No, I mean baby Chuck Fu. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the great thing is I think okay, um, Chuck as a spy, I don't really know where else to take that. You know, in terms of him knowing stuff or having abilities and whatnot. Um, obviously we know Sarah knows her stuff in that realm as well. I mean, I, I would really actually, I wouldn't like it if Morgan got Chuck Fu. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think he has to stake Morgan. So I'm, I'm, I love the fact that I can't think of what this will be. I don't think it'll be Sarah's going to have a baby. I mean, I think that's too obvious, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. I don't think, I think it would be just awful. I don't think it would be a good move at all. Yeah. It would it, it wouldn't, wouldn't work. No, I'm with you. <laughs> and what about Ellie? Could there be something there? She is a Bartowski. She is. I don't know, but she's also a mama now, and yeah. you know that's she's got a whole lot of stuff on her plate right now. So mm-hmm. I don't think. What if it turns out that Clara somehow has been infected? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. But what can he really do as a character? You know what I mean? Like, how does that just raise the stakes for everyone else? Yeah. Scary? She can become, I could see that being the lead out to, I don't know how much they would actually want to do this on an 8 p.m. show. But, you know, with season five being all about protecting the secret of Clara and, you know, the baby in danger from whoever. I don't know. I just watched a whole season of um, Sons of Son of Sons of Anarchy, which was about mm. protecting a baby, and boy, that was not awesome. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm a fan of the show, and some aspects of that season worked, but uh, building a whole season around a person that can't talk just seemed like maybe not a great idea. But I don't know. I mean, it could be something like that. I think that you know, it's definitely a show that builds a lot of its structure on family as you know, we saw with mom this year. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's something to do with Sarah's family. Maybe that's what they're kind of keeping that in reserve for. I don't know. Mm. know. So season five is the search for Sarah's mom. Exactly. (laughs) That would be so cool. Yeah. I think they could do worse, you know? Oh, what, what if now this, this, cause they've, they've talked, they've tried to push away and anytime any, anybody asks about Sarah's mom, but if there were ever a time that Sarah's mom were to show up, it would be at their wedding. Absolutely. And what yeah. if she shows up, but she's some kind of super spy or something like that? And that's a part of the what leads us towards season five. Well, is it as fun if she's a super villain and she's totally evil? I mean, I don't know. I just think I'm just trying to think of I, don't, I wouldn't want them to repeat themselves in terms of where they've gone in the past. Mm-hmm. So because um, they have had such great parental 
role models. You know, I mean, Scott Bakula was amazing. Linda Hamilton was really great. You know, even as we were talking about Volkoff has been like this good, like, you know, dark side daddy. (laughs) 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 They really have to step up and do something fresh with Sarah's mom. Hmm. Uh, I think, you know, and hopefully they can, that that would be, you know, I'm, People have already been throwing out casting ideas um, for who who that could be. I'm just, who would you guys want to see for that? Well, we actually did a Friday Five with oh, ideas yeah? for her. Yeah, um, a lot of people are saying Cheryl Ladd. Yeah, that was one I kept hearing too. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I have no real preference on that. That's always the kind of thing that other people have better ideas than I do. <laughs> so <laughs> I just sort of draft off what other people think. Yeah. Well, and the title of the last one is Chuck versus the Cliffhanger. Yes, indeed. Do they know something we don't? Because if they end on a cliffhanger, so. <laughs> boy, they, well, I'm just saying, like, what if, <laughs> what if they end on a cliffhanger and then we don't get any more? Oh, <laughs> oh that don't is say that. the worst. Don't say do that. that. That's, that's why I'm thinking, you know, Chris Spedek is someone who's racked by anxiety on his best day. So why would he do himself? Why would he? Why would he create that angst for himself? You would think he would. Maybe he knows that there is definitely going to be a season five. Although, you know, I'd like to know that too at this point. Mm-hmm. We'll have <laughs> we'll have finale and a valium. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're uh, we're at an hour. Um, oh, already? Sh- yeah, we should probably start to wrap things up. But are any. Any last things we want to talk about before? Um... Any last words, Mo? <laughs> um, I just don't want this show to go away. I really hope that it comes back, and I hope that NBC sees the value in um, having something in that spot that is reliable in terms of quality and reliable in terms of the audience that wants to turn up for it. So just have my fingers crossed because I think, like you said, I think they really had a, you know, overall a very a strong, enjoyable season. And there are just definitely more chapters that I want to see. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that's a good note to end on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely is. Well, yeah. Mo, we thank you so much for taking this time. It's always such an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Oh, this is my pleasure. I love talking to you all. And I'm so glad we got to do this. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so maybe after season four and thinking about season five, because yes. by that point we will, will have heard the announcement and we will have seen the game changing finale. Oh, yes. yes. That sounds fun. Let's do that again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, thanks so much. For, okay. Bye. 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 And we're back. Um, boy, it's always awesome to, to talk to Mo. I always feel like I learn something from her every time I listen to her. <laughs> yeah. I just like to sit back and listen to her talk. Yeah. And and it's so cool that she's, she's a Chuck fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to be able to talk to her as both a critic and a fan. Yeah. So... Uh, it's been a long podcast already. We will go into, spon- into uh, spoilers in a little bit. But first, we have some sponsor messages, including uh, our new sponsor we told you about, El Gato. So here we go, thanking our sponsors. Turn your Mac into the coolest television and DVR in the house with award-winning ITV from El Gato. Whether you get your TV signal from an antenna or from a digital box, there's an ITV tuner to suit your needs. Watch live TV on your Mac? 
record a TV show or series, and enjoy the episodes you've recorded later on your Mac, iPad, or iPhone. You can even stream live TV straight to your iPad with the optional iTV app. You can find all this at www.elgato.com. And we want to thank the rest of our sponsors, ielabs.com, makers of the award-winning ActionBlue ABCHD conversion software, which authors full HD videos on regular DVD discs. It even works with HD clips from the iPhone and the new iPad 2. You can get your free trial of the software at ielabs.com. We also want to thank the Movie Morons podcast at moviemorons.com. They are actually highly intelligent and talk about new movies, classic movies, and movies that you may not have even heard of but are worth a trip to the video store to find, and even interview filmmakers and authors, moviemorons.com. And last but not least, serienjunkies.de. Hello, this is Christina Caramel from Serien Junkies TV. Are you addicted to TV shows? Be our guests and learn the latest news and reflections on what's going on in the world of TV series. Well, our show is in German, but maybe you want to drop in anyway? Then visit www.serienjunkies.de and watch out for our video podcast. See you. Spoiler warning. And we're back with spoilers. Mel, what have you got for us? Well, first we have the official synopsis for episode 421, Chuck versus the Wedding Planner, airing April 18th. Mm -hmm. In order to catch a thief, Chuck and Sarah must enlist Sarah's father and con the CIA. Gary Cole and McKenna Melvin guest star. When Chuck and Sarah get conned out of their wedding money, there is only one man they can turn to for help. Sarah's con man father, Jack Burton. Meanwhile, Morgan pressures Casey to face Alex's mother. Uh, Ryan McPartland? Scott Krinsky, Vic Sahai, and Benita Friedrichi also star. And Very we've got cool. the, the video preview for this up at checktv.net. It looks like it's going to be just fantastic. I cannot wait. Mm. Hit the ground running. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty excited. Well, during the hiatus, Aziello posted some Chuck Scoop that got fans buzzing. The question was posted, please give us some Chuck Scoop. Man, I hate this hiatus. That's mm -hmm. from Cece. Aziello says, yeah, well, you may hate this next scoop more. <laughs> In this season's penultimatum episode on May 9th, something terrible happens to someone we love, reveals EP Chris Fedak. In uh, potentially related news, the show is casting the role of Clyde Decker, a determined and remorseless CIA agent who will go to, to any lengths and spare no expense or life in order to keep the CIA secrets buried. His nickname, The Eraser. Uh, uh, <laughs> wasn't that a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So, something terrible and someone we love. This is going to be intense. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty vague, by the way, Chris. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as for this Decker guy, sounds like season one Walker, Sarah Walker, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or Casey. Yeah. Or Casey. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Casey, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah. In the in the beginning when he's like uh, uh, talking about going to California, I'm starting to look pasty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I actually, I really love that uh, that beginning, um, yeah. Casey. He, he was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, before he had all those pesky lady feelings. <laughs> well, I honestly, um, I mean, as much as I love Gary Cole, I can't wait to see how that plays out with um, yeah. with his ex fiance. Uh huh. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be really something for Adam to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're giving yeah. him some good stuff finally. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. So don't forget Reward TV, and if you're a Nielsen viewer, watch ten times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do it. Yeah. And uh we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. 